Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6. You can find it in your pew Bible on page 680 and 681. Again, that is Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It is written in the word of God. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and the name and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. Let us go to God in prayer. O holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So some of you will know this about me, and some of you will say, oh, now that makes sense. So I'll reveal it. I'm from Texas. And it's true, everything is bigger in Texas. Texans are really proud of where they're from, and in fact, when you catch us overseas, we are not Americans. We are Texans, because everything is bigger and more important in Texas. Well, in 1984, in Beaumont, Texas, which is just east of Houston on I-10 on its way to Louisiana, there was a couple named Mr. and Mrs. James Williams. And In that early September day, they had their child, a daughter, and they named her Roshandia Telinashia Anevshank, that's first name, middle name, Koyan Isquatsiaf Williams. I didn't say it right. And it stands today as still the longest name ever recorded on a birth certificate. And it also stands today as the most heinous crime any parent has ever committed against a young child and their teachers. Right? Imagine the first day of school and you know it's getting to the Williams and you're towards the end and the teacher just looks and comes with a blank stare and you go, call me whatever it is that's easier than that name. We all have that with our own names because names are important. What someone calls us matters. It matters to us. It mattered to our parents what our name was. In fact, our, as parents, we spend hours and hours and even days and months trying to think of a name for our children. Now, in some instances, we know the name from when we were kids. And we're like, that's what I will name my daughter, or my son. For instance, Avonlea. Ashley knew from when she was a child that she would name her daughter Avonlea, and shortly after we were together, she told me I would also name my daughter Avonlea. (laughs) 
But there's some parents who will spend time flipping through books, and there's the book of names, and names, and names upon names, and they come with meanings with them. And now, with the internet, there's lists of the most popular names, so that you don't, so we don't saddle our children with the name of 50 other kids in their class, so when they hear Jason, everyone goes, who? Right? Names are important. And then there's the nicknames we give. The names our friends or our foes call us to our face or behind our back. They're descriptive in nature and tell a bit about who we are or what we look like. There's other names. There's the middle name. It's it's the obligatory name, right? It's the name out of obligation. It's the name parents give because we feel obligated to give a kid a name to represent someone, or it's a family name, or it's a name we really like, but we really don't want them to have it as a first name, or we gave them the obligatory first name, and this is the name we really want to give them. Well, I was an adult. It was after Ashley and I had even been together a couple of years that I finally learned how to pronounce my middle name. See, my middle name is Dwayne, but it's spelled with a U. And my whole life, my dad, who also has been saddled with this middle name, pronounced it Duane. And there's a thing about names. We either like them or we bemoan them. I wasn't telling anyone my middle name was Duane. I'd asked my dad several times, why did I get the name Duane? And he goes, well, I got it. So, when Ellis came around, our firstborn son, he got it too. <laughs> and then there's this, this whole thing with our last names. It, it represents a heritage and has legacy implications with it. For instance, if we were to be out on a street and we met someone and they said that their last name was Rockefeller, well, we might take a step back and say, of that Rockefeller's? Because last names imply heritage and legacies and have standing with them. Names are important. But in all the names in the world, in the whole universe, there is only one name that is above all of the others. And Paul writes in his letter to the Philippians in the second chapter, beginning in verse 5, he says this, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. And so today, when we encounter our scripture in Isaiah, we are getting the prophecy some 500 years plus before Jesus' birth of what the Messiah's name shall be. For it shall be a wonderful counselor a mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. The Bible also says this about Jesus' name. In Acts 
4.12. See, you thought we were done with Acts. We're not done with Acts. In Acts 4.12. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And Jesus himself says this in John 14, verse 6. I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one shall come to the Father except through me. And Paul chimes in and adds in his letter to the Romans in chapter 10, verse 3, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And we have been told, he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So we're going to explore his name today because names are important. And here when Isaiah says he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Jesus is wonderful. His birth is wonderful. His miracle, his life, his signs, his sermons, his prayers, they are wonderful. His death is wonderful. His resurrection is is wonderful. His ascension is wonderful. His intercession to God on our behalf is wonderful. And his second coming is wonderful. For this word wonderful itself means marvelous. And so during this time of Advent, as we're in expectant waiting, not only of that first birth of Christ to celebrate it, but of expectant waiting of his coming again. As we gather in worship, when was the last time you marveled at Jesus? Wonderful counselor. Yes, indeed he is. Jesus has extraordinary wisdom for us in our lives but I misspoke. It's, it's not just extraordinary. It's perfect wisdom for our lives. You see, in life, when we encounter troubles and complex problems or even minor issues, where do we turn first? To a loved one, a spouse, a friend, and begin seeking advice? But it's here. We were not only promised, but we have seen that Jesus, in him, we have a perfect, marvelous, wonderful counselor. And if we turn to him, he will lead us perfectly. Now, not only is he a wonderful counselor, oh, but he is a mighty God. A mighty God found in Christ Jesus. Whose stone couldn't keep him down. Who grave, whose grave could not keep him down. Who is no longer on the cross. Who no longer is in the manger. Who could not be kept down by sin and death and the devil himself. A mighty God in Jesus Christ. For the baby that is lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes is the mighty God of creation. Jesus, you see, wasn't just some guy. He's the Son of God. He is both fully human 
and fully divine. And as we come to worship, we have two candles on our communion table, not because we like symmetry, but because they symbolize and represent Jesus' full humanity and Jesus' full divinity. And it is his table. For you see, Jesus is more than a man, more than a great teacher. He was called a mighty God. Mighty to save, mighty to defeat sin and death. A mighty God who stands on Easter morning in victory. To which we shout, hallelujah. A mighty God who defeats Satan and who has secured our salvation when our best efforts could not do so for those who would believe in him. He shall be called Everlasting Father. In Hebrew, it's written Abiyad, which literally translate to, translates to the Father of Eternity. Now, this does not say to us that the Son is the Father, which is a false teaching named modalism. But in context, the Son who is the King functions as a father by caring for his children. He acts like a father. He protects us. He feels affection and compassion towards us. For the psalmist writes in 103 verse 13, like as a father compassionate to his children, so the Lord shows compassion them that fear him. Jesus is the father of eternity. It is because he is everlasting, that he can give everlasting life to those who believe in him. And he shall be called Prince of Peace. As Pastor Chris has already reminded us, it is Peace Sunday. It is Jesus who will bring everlasting peace. It is Jesus who brings the peace that passes all understanding. He is the one alone who made possible the peace between God and man. For we are sinful. We are rebellious against God's precepts and commands. But because of Christ and his atoning work on the cross, God judges us not by our sins, but by Jesus' perfect righteousness. Putting us at peace with God. And at his second coming, scriptures tell us he will reign over a kingdom Jesus himself said in John 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. This peace that passes understanding, this peace that Jesus leaves us now and here in this world while we await eternity is found in the hope of Jesus Christ. For we hope in the one who is eternal, we hope in the one who is the mighty God who defeated sin and death and reigned supreme in heaven. We hope in one who will never fade. 
So when things in this world made of dust, that which is temporary, brings us tribulations, sufferings, complexities, trials. Jesus reminds us he gave us his peace. Do not worry about those things when you know that your eternity is secure. Because Paul writes in Romans 5, 1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 500 years before Jesus was born, these are the names given to Jesus in Isaiah 9. And these names are descriptive of what Christ will become to believers. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And so, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of the Father. So this Advent season, come, let us adore Him. Let us behold Him. Let us worship Him and call upon His great name. Amen.